Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Stib and Zang Show, episode 47. Eric, in today's episode, we are somewhat of a quarter way through the NHL season. So obviously, uh, there are a lot of teams who have surprised us uh, so far. So we're going to go through um, some of the teams and see if it's, uh, you know, per se an overreaction or an, uh, just an underreaction of uh, the status of how they're playing. But before we get into that, let's uh, talk about the sponsors, Hot Streak Fantasy, uh, the best in-play fantasy app on the market. Pick two to three players in the NFL and NBA uh, while you're watching your favorite teams and watch them make you some money. Hot Streak is matching your initial deposit as a bonus when you use promo code Hot Sauce. Get Hot Streak Fantasy app now. Say it every week. Quick, easy way to make money while gambling on sports. Uh, very quick, uh, uh, very easily accessible. So make sure to download it and get going on that. Uh, but as always, before we jump into the episode, roll it! Welcome back to the Stib and Zang Show, episode 47, like we said. In today's episode, Eric, NHL, a quarter way through the season. Uh, we're going to go back and forth, naming some of the teams that have taken us by surprise. Could be in a bad way, could be in a good way. Uh, but we're definitely going to be talking about them and uh, seeing if this is something that they could keep up or we're just overreacting and this team will go back to normal. But before we get into that, let's talk a little NFL, Eric, because there's obviously a reason I'm wearing this jersey. Jamar Chase, LSU, by the way. Uh, Bengals defeat the Raiders quite convincingly. What a great game by the Cincinnati Bengals. Raiders fans are frustrated, let me tell you that. And to add the cherry on top of everything, Eric, the Pittsburgh Steelers also lose in the same week, fall into that third seed, uh, and the Bengals will get the second now. Man, ah, Eric, this team, the Bengals, who day? What a time. What a time to be a fan of this team. Offense looking good. Jamar Chase can be rookie of the year, hopefully knock on wood. The defense making big turnover stops uh, late in the game to seal it. Ugh. Just a great, great Sunday day of football. Not so much for the okay. Steelers, Eric, versus the Chargers. Okay, I don't really want to talk about the Steelers right now because I know I watched the game. It was we had it too late. It was oh, a great fourth quarter. quarter. That was a crazy was a fourth quarter. Big Ben. I don't know. In the end, he didn't really. He we had a big interception in the end, but like uh, Big Ben didn't come in the clutch, or whatever. But a side note: Mac Jones is winning rookie offensive rookie of the year. Oh, that's a, that's another debate, know. but that's, uh... we can talk about a quick game. Mac Jones, team seven and four. Oh, great! Yeah. When you think yeah. about Patriots, when you think about Patriots, who do you who think I about? think of? Bill Belichick. I, I knew you were gonna say that, but in terms <laughs> that's of players, who I think of in terms of players, who do you think about? Like now? Yeah, sure. The only yeah. person that comes up to your, in your mind about the Patriots, Mac Jones. Oh, you have like what's his name, Jackson? But no, it's Mac Jones. Mac Jones only. Like, Kobe Meyer. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're gonna name any team you your quarterback, usually Eric is gonna come up. Mac Jones, grain stuff. He is great. He's a great quarterback. He's doing well right now under Bill Belichick, really well. But you gotta give credit to the coaching staff, McDaniels, Bill Belichick. I mean, ah, Bill Belichick do what he's doing right now. But yes, Mac Look Jones is great. But it, it's definitely an even split credit uh, of the coaching staff. And for sure, you got to give credit to That's the what happened to Tom Brady. Tom Brady said, why and is the credit always going to Bill Belichick? Oh, it's always going to the defense, Bill Belichick. 
Never to me. And then Tom Brady said, all right, let me go. Yeah, but look what happened. Ten. Tom Brady left, went to the – who's winning the long game, Eric? That's the question. Is it the Patriots or is it Tom Brady winning the long game? You know, last season, obviously, Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl. That's great. You're Oh, he, he's better than Bill or whatever. It was all Tom in New England. Look at Bill Belichick now. Look at him now, Eric, with Mac Jones. Seven and four. He's out coaching yeah. every team he's faced. The defense is stepping up. Uh, definitely some AFC true content, uh, contenders. Uh, do, does this make them Super Bowl threats? No, not by any means. You know, uh, defense uh, could take a slump. Uh, but uh, right now, things are looking good. But I'm going to give credit both sides for sure. But uh, Bengals, they're getting there, Eric. Uh, the play calling has been seemingly better over the two games. The pass rush. With the Raiders, you saw it did affect sometimes Joe Burrow, but it, the O-line didn't really matter. They had an average game. It was great. Uh, better than average, I'd say. I'll give them their credit. They had a good game. But uh, the offense was good. The defense was great. And that's just a good, uh, good recipe for a good football win. But we'll talk more football in later weeks as things heat up near uh, the postseason. But first, let's talk about the NHL, which in their respective seasons, still very early, just reaching a quarter way through the season, about 18, 20 something games being played right now already uh, by NHL squads. And Eric, there are some teams that have surprised us, obviously in a good way or a bad way. And uh, we're going to jump into that discussion. Um, Mind you, I will be going back and forth with uh, some of the predictions we made at the one of those episodes at the beginning of the NHL season. We made predictions. I'm going to talk about my predictions and which ones have totally plummeted, which ones are uh, you know still sticking with it. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's jump into the first surprising team of the NHL, Eric. For me, I'll start this one off, and then you'll get the next one, um, Eric. The Anaheim Ducks, the Anaheim Ducks in the Western Conference. Man, those Ducks. Ducks fly together, and that's for sure what's going on here right now with the Dallas Eakin squad. Eric, as we know, the Ducks right now have some young guns stepping up that have contributed a lot to the team's success. Obviously, Hart candidate so far, Troy Terry. Um, mm-hmm. He's got 12 goals already on the season, 10 assists, good for 22 points as the Ducks sit third in the Western Pacific with 23 points. Like I said, Troy Terry stepping up, Trevor Zegra stepping up. He's got 16 games played. He's got 10 points, six goals, four assists. Yep. But the biggest thing you had to look at to know why the Ducks are succeeding so far this season is their power play has drastically changed. Eric, right, let me throw a stat at you. Last year in the 56 game uh, season, the Anaheim's Duck power play was good for 8.9%, which was basically, I, I'm pretty sure, dead last uh, in the good. NHL last year. And now their power play has jumped to a, uh, wow, a huge leap in 26.8%, which is good for fourth right now, currently in the league. So obviously when you have a hot pi- uh, power play, uh, out of the gates, it's gonna it's gonna generate some some early success. The question is, can the Anaheim Ducks sustain the success? We know John Gibson, one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, and that's always overlooked every year because of how bad the Ducks are. But John Gibson, nine wins, three losses, two overtime losses. He's got a goals against average of two point thirty one, save percentage, Eric. 926. So the goaltender's playing well, which John Gibson has always uh, done so, in my opinion, always ha- been that elite goaltender. The young guns are stepping up. Their power play uh, has gone better with the additions of Jeff Ford. If that name sounds uh, recognizable, it's because he coached the Calgary Flames not too long ago. Uh, Mike Stothers, they added because uh, they fired 
I believe it was last year they fired Dallas Eakins, assistant coaches, totally revamped the the coaching staff. But yeah, real question is, can the Ducks sustain this uh, this early season success? You know, uh, obviously those power play numbers aren't going to sustain uh, yeah. 26 points. So that's obviously going to go down. And, you know, it's Troy Terry, obviously his pace is going to go down. So, yeah, mm-hmm. expect a little regression from Ducks. Yeah. But so far, for a team that had zero hopes out of the gate, nobody believed in them, it's nice to have early success for a team like that. For sure, for sure. But the Ducks, if you look at their, their roster, it's kind of weird because Ryan Getzlaff is basically over a point per game right now. That's yeah. definitely not going to keep up either. But, hey, Troy Terry, it's, it's tough because he's also only 24 years old, but 12 goals and seven, definitely not going to – like, he might end up with, like, 60-something points, but definitely not anything close, close to a point per game. He is a very young, promising player. It's kind of weird, fifth round, so... 2015, hey, yeah, I was going to mention. 2015, fifth round pick, I believe it was 148th overall, so something like yeah. that. So this is a breakout year right now, so yep. pretty impressive. You have players like Adam Henrique showing up, Kevin Shannonkirk. Didn't even know he was on the team, but yeah, he, he's been showing up. <laughs> but but if you look at it, like John Gibson is... You know, he's always been an elite goaltender. He, he just, over the last, what, four, three, four years, he hasn't really had help. But even before that, like, remember when they were making it to the conference finals? Conference like, versus the Blackhawks. Yeah, there's there, there's a point in time, like, they were good. So, huh. but Ducks are a team that usually historically have done pretty well. Like, they've never been, like, a terrible team. Like, they usually do pretty well. Uh, yeah. Like, when we were growing up, they're, they're all, always a decent team, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think they'll be fine, uh, with, especially with Ryan Getzlav, like, as our leader. But you see this team making a postseason push. You think this is, or you think this is an overreaction for the Anaheim Ducks right now? The, the season success. Um, it's tough because if you look at their their division, right? You have Calgary and Edmonton. We'll probably talk about them, their, those teams later, but they most likely will make the playoffs. And you also have Vegas. So, and FYI, Anaheim, you got Colorado right now, not in playoff contention. Exactly. Or, or they, yeah, yeah, out of playoff contention right now. Yeah. Um, but you know, ex- you would expect a team like that to exactly get going, so maybe that uh pushes yeah. the Anaheim so, Ducks, may- maybe wild card, but uh, they'll definitely be close to the playoffs for sure. Like, they won't be a bottom team that, like they're usually. And um, having those young players too, it's always good for the team. And even, even if they don't make it far in the playoffs, just having those young guns giving them experience, always great. Yeah, uh, definitely a team that, you know, has surprised me for sure, like I said, but not a team I expect to sustain this success. I think the Ducks, they're going to take the step back, return to reality. That power play is going to go back to reality uh, because, you know, to go from an 8.9, I know you have Trevor Zegers now on the squad, Jamie Drysdale, whatever, but to go from 8.9 to 26.8%, that huge leap. Yeah, give credit to the coaching staff, but that number will for sure not sustain if even a 20%, if you're able to hold a 20% power play during a whole 82 game season, that's, that's a good, that's a great power play top of the league. So expect that to go down, meaning uh, they could regress, but uh, Eric, how about a team that surprised you so far early on in the NHL? Okay. I was going to go, I'll just go straight up. I'm going to say the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, it takes this hometown team, not the hometown, the home squad, home squad. I'll put at the beginning of the video. Um, Detroit, obviously, it, it's a hot start. I'm not gonna lie, a bit we have been regressing, we have come back to earth a bit. Yeah, we are a bit. eight, nine, and three, which isn't hey, 
I, I'm used to looking at the standings. Hey, if eight, nine, and three it. surprises you in a good way, Eric, that, that says more, that says as much hey. as you need to say for the Red Wings. No, but that's, no, hey, don't no. What surprises me mostly is how good the young players are actually. Yeah, it's okay. Like, that's a good. So thing, that yeah. is what surprises me most, like especially Lucas Raymond, like his pace I sustained, like. I don't like maybe he might not sustain the the pay like don't forget this guy's like 20 years like he might not be able to sustain like the numbers but just the way he's playing and like the, this guy has 19 points in 20 games on the first line like he's literally like the best player on our team right now and the potential is ridiculous like the way he plays like he has everything to be a superstar in this league and he's been yep. showing in like he can become a franchise player and I just love his attitude everything about him and then um on the blue line too Exactly. And you have uh, Morris Sider, right? So Sider, he, I've always had confidence in Sider because I have over like the last two, two years, I've been able to like see his progression and like the numbers were put, he was putting up in whatever, like the German league, the numbers were putting up as a, as a teen was very, so even in the, in the, the world um, championship and even the world dreams, he was putting up numbers. So I knew Sider was going to be decent and he has been able to show that he's good in the league. So, but just players like that, um, our goaltending, Thomas Grice and Alex Ned, like, I thought Nedjakovic was going to be a bit better, but obviously our team's not that good, so it's not like he's going to be a, a super – like, he's probably not going to put the same numbers same as last year, right? No. So – and I don't think anyone was expecting that either. So, um, I don't know. I just like the the way we're playing. Like, now for the first time in, like, six years, we're definitely playing for maybe trying to make the playoffs, obviously. I, hopefully. Probably not. But at least – I have there's hope. If there's hope, that's good enough for me, you know. So well, listen, I'll say this: my bet so far is looking real nice. Uh, about shaving my eyebrow with this team, uh, no <laughs> playoffs, eight, nine, and three so far. And like I said, the Atlantic was gonna heat up eventually. Tampa Bay's heating up. Boston's finally getting more games played. So, uh, but like you said, Detroit's youngsters for sure they are impressing me. I will admit that. More cider when he got drafted, mm-hmm. everyone thought it was you know off the board pick. Yeah. Yet Stevie Y keeps impressing. Uh, the NHL community with his drafting. Exactly. More excited. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a good player in this league. And yeah, so the Detroit rookies, early season success for them exactly. has impressed you. Uh, move, well, you have something else? Yeah, quickly. And as well, like we have Jacob Verano, who's last year was probably one of our best players. He's injured like, too, trade, yeah. He's injured right now. So when he comes back, we'll be good. Once Tyler Bertuzzi gets to play in Canada, that's probably going to be in a while, but We'll be, we'll yeah, be even good. And and the thing with Ned, like right now his record is 4-3-3 three, and three with a 0.914 and 2.8. Like those are good numbers on the Detroit Red Wings. As long as you have like a point, like a 0.914 is a good, yeah, it's a good stat to have with the Detroit Red Wings for sure. But definitely not good enough, like probably to make the playoffs, but hey, we'll be close. We'll be close. Yeah. Um, talking about a team trying to uh, make the playoffs right now, Eric, the New York Islanders sit dead last. Dead last. Yeah. I said that. I'll repeat it again. Dead last in the Metropolitan yeah. Division. Um, this is a team, Eric, that had one goal. Well, that was one goal away from yeah. facing Montreal in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, but obviously, that didn't uh, work out. They sit last, Eric. Man, this is a team that has that was built. Barry Trotz came in, implemented a defensive first system. Okay, and that was a team that thrived off, you know, they were built through their defense, uh, their goaltending, then their forwards. However, the reason they are losing these games right now is because their defense has been mediocre. The New York Islanders system has been mediocre, you could say, in general. Just basically, 
big fundamental mistakes right now. Um, obviously, if you add the fact that they're bottom in the league in offense, their defense has been lackluster. Obviously, that's yeah. not going to be a good start to the season. Their goalie tandem, Eric, a team that has a you know has has committed to the two goalie tandem, which we see a lot of teams doing now in the NHL. It's no longer one, and you know backup who plays fifteen games. Uh, two goalies in Sorokin, Varlamov that were supposed to be good. Varlamov, however, right now is sporting. And he has played four games so far, so he's losing that even split duties with uh, Sorokin. He's got a 3.31 goals against average and a .894 save percentage. So he's having a struggle right now at the start of the season. And that could, you know, you can say that it's, you know, the defense's fault. They haven't been playing to the to the top of their game. As we look at some of the stats, Ryan Pollock is a minus two. Scott Mayfield's a minus seven. Chara is a minus three. Uh, Andy Green's a minus three. Only guys who have been plus are Noah Dobson, their youngster, and Adam Pellick, who is one of the best defensive uh, defensemen in the league. He's a plus yeah. four. Now, this is a, the Islanders. This is definitely a surprising team, as we know. Like I said, yeah. Stanley Cup aspirations. Um, is this a team that can easily bounce back? Yes. Yes, out of, I would say, the list I made, Eric, this is the team that is most likely to bounce back, in my opinion. Yeah. Just the defense has been lackluster, making too many mistakes. Mm-hmm. Am I worried about it? No, because the, they've been they've worked this system for years now. As long as Barry Trotz has been in Long Island, it has worked. So they, you know, I Very don't think well, it's yeah. a, I don't think it's a thing about teams figuring it out or you know they debunked it and that's it. The Islanders are no. just going to return to the casual team they once were. This is a team. This is a team that's just you know not playing to their best. They just need to wake up, and it's something that you know you'll see the turnaround happen. Uh, with the goalie stats potentially getting better even uh, because the defense has stepped up. So, you know, offense has never been their casual or specialty. Yeah. You know, Matt yeah. Barzell is probably their, is their most skilled forward, and he's having a slow start to the season too. So right now, is there any room for concern or anything like that? No. The only thing that's concerning is the division they're in, Metropolitan, obviously one of the toughest, yeah. maybe the toughest divisions, as you can see, uh, sitting dead last. So, uh, yeah. They need to get it going soon, but yeah, there's definitely uh, definitely a chance for the Islanders to bounce back here and still make it to the playoffs. Okay, fair. Hey, uh, the thing with this team is not a lot. Like, let's be honest, not a lot of people watch too many Islander games, so no. it's hard to analyze it deeply. You yeah. Just watch them in the playoffs, right? And the playoffs, they're so hard to score against, and they always are able to score like some crazy goal and like win games, right? So, yeah. And they rely on their defense. So even last year, they weren't even highly, I don't think they were like number, they, mm-hmm. they were fourth maybe. maybe I th- uh, man, no, uh, no. Who was first in that division? I'm trying to think. Was it Pittsburgh? Because they faced Washington, Pittsburgh in the first Washington. round. Well, they faced, oh, so they were third. Third, okay. Or second, okay. second or third. But the, but the thing with Islanders is like, they're definitely if they make the playoffs, they'll make a run, right? So we know we, we know if they make the playoffs, they'll make a run. It's just and, and it's weird in the regular season because like I'd expect them to do way better than this. Um obviously they you did expect lose them players. There. You expect them there. I have them first yeah. in my metropolitan division. I have them first. No, they're dead but last. It, it, it's tough. Like obviously, like these names probably don't sound that big, but like Jordan Eberly, like he was a off, offensive offensively, like he was a key player for them, and you even have like Nick Letty, like Nick Letty was, he was in a big, like he was still like probably are, are one of the top four D's, but I don't know. It's weird this team. Cause you can't be like, Oh, he's not scoring. He's not. Most of these players have never been scoring for like, most of these guys never really scored for this team. So 
is hard to say. But uh, in terms of numbers, Sorokin has been playing good. Obviously, like he's a what five five two point nine two five, which is really yeah. good. Two point five four. So he's been playing decent and pretty well actually. For Lomov's the one that's been lacking over his last four games. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it, there's still potential, right? You see Oliver Wallstrom, who's who has five goals and fifty. Okay, doesn't now. It's not. That, but five goals for uh, Oliver Wallstrom's not bad. Noah Dobson, he's been playing. He. It's yeah. Tough. It's it's tough with this team because like you're trying to look for potential, and like I don't know. Trust me, like, they have the potential. They they have that. This team has the potential. The Islanders like. The, the, the way they play the game, they allow their opponents yeah. to control most of the puck time. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's, they don't chase at all or anything like that. And their defensive system, they commit to it and then they force you to make mistakes and they bounce on those mistakes yeah. in the offensive zone. That's how they play. That's how they score their goals mostly. Yeah. Um, and then they just, you know, they shut the game down and that's how, how they win games. Yeah. Just right now, I think we can just end it on that. The defense needs to step up. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, they've lost Nick Letty and stuff and chairs coming in and, you know, chairs yeah. seems slow. He looks slow, uh, uh, but you know, he's still a vet NHL vet and he'll get it down in the system and trots will get his guys playing the system. He wants them, no doubt in my mind. Do I have them pegged first now for the division at the end of the season? No, maybe not, but they got some work to do, but I, uh, I'm not worried with them. Uh, they definitely surprised me at the start of the season. Not worried, though. I expect this team to bounce back. What's another team, though, that has surprised you in this season? Okay, so... I'm just go- okay, this team... Uh, I, I don't know if they're too surprising. For me, they weren't very surprising. But for a lot of teams, probably... I Like a lot, a lot of people? People would probably, yes, would probably say it's pretty surprising. So the number one team in the league right now think so the florida the carolina no oh. yeah no the carolina are they no they're not no nope, not first number second okay they got less games they, they played, played, yeah they let less games but carolina a four, with a 14 and 2 record it's the carolina hurricane and i could also include the florida panthers but i do like, like if you look at the team like last year florida was doing very well so i don't know if it's but they're not a surprising. team that surprised me because i had florida pretty high in the atlantic yeah. I, I think i had them second behind tampa but i think like carolina i don't even think you had them in the you no them low. carolina i had them six in the Met fifth, sorry, I had them fifth in the Metro, yeah. and then, I definitely uh, had them a little higher. I think yeah, I had them did. in the playoffs, but did. I didn't expect them to be like crazy dominant. But like Frederick Anderson has been amazing for them, right? I and I, I think they that's what they've been looking for, like that number one goaltender. Like last year, they had a split between James Reiner, Mrazek, and Ned, right? So this year, they have their solid number one goalie, and they have all their players, like their top stars that are performing at a very high level, like uh, Sveshikov, Aho, and the addition of Tony D'Angelo. Yep. Uh, Tony D'Angelo has been performing. And just the whole team in general has been clicking. Um, I don't think they really have... I feel like, obviously, we know uh, KK hasn't been really doing, done much. Yet. But that's that's KK, right? Like, what, three goals, one assist in 16 games? Or 6. That's what he's been doing. Yeah. That's what he's been doing, right? So I don't think a lot of people expected much from him, but... That's what he has been doing, and I think when Carolina signed him, a lot of people were like, "Okay, Carolina is going to suck, right?" Just because giving six point one million this guy, obviously a lot of Montreal fans don't like him too, so I don't like uh, the t- Carolina. So maybe there was a bias there, but this team is probably shocking a lot of people, right? Like if you look at this team, I I could definitely see them being 
at the end of the season, like one or two in the league, right? Like keeping up. I think they can definitely keep up this pace. Like if I'm not going to say they're, they're as good as Tampa, right? But in terms of like goaltending, they have a top three, top five goaltending right now, like in terms of performance right now, they have the superstars, right? Like Svenshikov, Aho, like people will score. They have depth, a lot of depth actually. And their defenders are very good. Like Slavin is Lee, like he's always been underrated, right? But people know like Slavin doesn't put up crazy numbers, but like he's a solid defenseman, number one defenseman on your team that you can have, right? So it's just, I think right now, I'd say they're just a bit underrated just because no one really talks about um, uh, the, the Hurricanes. But we've seen this team make it, what, to the conference finals a couple of years ago? Or no, I think they lost Island. Remember with the... When they made it pretty, there's that one. They season lost to with, the Bruins, uh, I believe, right? They lost to the Bruins uh, that yeah, one so, season. In so, the yeah, semis. They made, Have they made it to the conference final though? It was that year with um, Justin Williams. They Remember beat they Washington this... in the first round. I think that's when they lost to Boston. Islanders, maybe. Okay, maybe Boston. But I remember there's one year they actually. Made and then it Islanders far. beat. No, that makes no sense. I don't know, but and anyway, they make they it far it. in the playoffs. And then uh, they run into some good teams and they lose. Okay, okay, fair. But hey, I, I like this team this year as a as a contender for sure. Like I honestly do believe that they'll be able to make it far. And just quick note, like Florida too. I just want to talk, like their team has been looking very good. So those two teams, just the amount of offensive weapons that both teams have, like they have so many players that you can look at and be like, oh, he could probably score this game. Oh, he could probably score. You know, like and in goaltending defense, like they all have it locked down. So those are probably the two teams. At the top of the league, that I'd say would surprise people. Yeah, not uh, incredibly, you know. Yeah, that's why like Panthers, I didn't mention because that didn't surprise me uh, how good they were. Hurricanes, I put down because where I I put them fifth in division, and I th- thought you know losing their goalie tandem, completely losing uh, their goal, they had to revamp their goalie tandem. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost Dougie Hamilton, which I didn't think was the biggest loss, yeah. uh, but definitely a, a power play quarterback. Did I think that was gonna like hurt them that much? No. They brought in Tony D'Angelo. I thought that was going to be a distraction to the team. And uh, yeah, Frederick Anderson, he's, he's playing really well right now. We can't deny that. He's got a 1.89 goals against average, 0.93 save percentage with a shutout. That's stellar. Is he going to keep that up? Probably not. Really? I think, think what so. I overlooked, I think what I overlooked, a lot of people overlooked, is that Frederick Anderson played on the Leafs, who are horribly de- horrible defensively. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And he's actually had some pretty good numbers with them. And I thought I, I definitely overlooked him coming to a, better, a more stable decor Carolina team. Yeah. better Like Brett Pesci, uh, Jacob Slavin, yeah. guys who, who, who can play defense really well. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, so he's not getting as many shots as he's had uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he's putting up good numbers because he uh, doesn't have as, as much work as, he, as yeah. he's had. Is that going to sustain? No, I don't think Frederick Anderson is going to win the Vezina necessarily with those numbers because those are Vezina winning numbers. But yeah. another thing I think I overlooked was how well coached this team is with Rob uh, Brindamore. I think I yeah. overlooked that. I think the adding new pieces was going to be a challenge for him. You know, you lose Warren Fogle, Ethan Bear in that trade. You bring in Jesper Foss, who I thought was going to be a measly replacement. But actually, that third line of Jordan Stahl, Nino Niederreiter, Jesper Foss has been really good. Their fourth line, even with Derek Stepan, has been really good. And yeah. like you said, the stars are stepping up. Shvechnikov having his bounce back season uh, in the bubble, not the bubble, in the 56 games, he was kind of mediocre. Now he's really stepping up to the stardom. Um, and so this is just a team that has four lines that they can roll. 
uh, evenly, you know, every night. So that, that, that's going to give you early numbers for success. Question is, is, is Frederick Anderson, anti Ranta, that tandem, not really tandem because Frederick Anderson has been playing 90 something percent of the games. Yeah. Will they be able to keep that up? Even if Frederick Anderson takes a step back, is this team going to get hurt? No. It, they've proven to me that they're well coached, that they can handle uh, what they've lost in the offseason and what they added. Like they, they, they lost a lot. You know, Nadelkovic, they didn't want to re sign to three something, three and a half for two years. They don't want to sign them. So they go out and get Frederick Anderson, which confused me at first. But uh, it's working out. Right now, I thought Warren Fogle, that was a big third line winger they lost. I thought that was going to ruin their, their four, being able to roll four lines. But, you know, that third line was stall. I thought he was going to st- uh, have a regressed year, too. But, no, Carolina, yeah, definitely a team that has surprised me for sure. Uh, I, I'd agree with that. Another team, though, that has surprised me uh, even more, Eric, the Minnesota Wild right yeah. now. The Minnesota Wild. Sitting first, nice, nice and, 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 and comfortable, not comfortable, 23 points tied with the Anaheim Ducks. Sorry, Minnesota, Western Central with Winnipeg, St. Louis, two and three. Minnesota is a team that for years we've known has been built through their defense, you know, defense first of Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, worry about the Fords. They lost Ryan Suter. I thought that was going to be a big problem for them. You know, even though Sutter had the terrible contract, he was getting older, time for him to get bought out. Mm-hmm. He brought a lot of leadership with that team. And I thought that was a big sure. loss for them in the locker room. And just defensively, who are they going to replace this guy who uh, Ryan Sutter still played some solid uh, minutes for the Minnesota Wild. So I said, who's going to replace the guy's minutes? Uh, GM went out. Um, Bill Guerin, I think. Yeah, that's the GM. They replaced... Ryan Suter, they added Alex Goligoski, yeah. Dmitry Kulikov, and John Merrill. If you don't remember John Merrill, it's because he, he didn't play at all for the Montreal Canadiens in the uh, playoffs. So yeah. hopefully you watch the regular season. But they acquired pieces to finish their defensive puzzle that they had. They had this puzzle and they need to, to add these pieces. And guys like Goligoski, Dmitry Kulikov, John Merrill, they're playing great. They're playing great for the low, con- uh, for the for the contracts they signed. They're playing great numbers for them, and so uh, this is a team with uh, Kaprizov. Their yeah. forwards, I, you know, say what you want about their forward group. I think it's a well built forward group in a way. Uh, was that their main point? No, for sure not. Their goaltending's been good too. Cam Talbot, two point nine five respectively. And at least he's got a nine oh five save percentage. Kakinen, not so much, 338, 0.870 save percentage. So their goalies aren't even playing to the best I've seen them play. Yeah. Like last year, they were playing really good. Yeah. I, you know, I did mention that the goaltenders were going to take a step back, not as bad as this, where you know, they can barely support a 900 save percentage. So expect their goaltending to get better. They just lost Jared Spurgeon to an injury, so that could hinder uh, uh, on the team and, and, and moving forward. The problem with this team right now for me is that I've just mentioned – their defense has been really good, and that's why they're sporting this nice record. However, we might be seeing cracks in it as uh, the past few games they've been letting more than four goals. The past, what, last four games, I think, last three games, something like that. They face Tampa, Florida, some good teams. But if I'm seeing inconsistency from their blue line, this team will, 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 will hurt them. It will definitely hurt them because this is a team that, like I said, built defensive first. If, if their defense takes a step back, then the whole team's going to take a step back. So right now, they look good. Um, I'm liking the way they're they're being they're, they're playing. 
However, do I see them taking a step back? For sure. Uh, but there's also that question where I mentioned the goalies. If they step up, will this team f- progress further? I don't know. Those are the questions you have to watch for. You know, how bad is the blue line going to be without Jared Spurgeon? Is Cam Talbot going to get better than – is he going to play better than he's been playing? Is Kakinen going to step up? Are they going to get to splitting duties where, you know, mm-hmm. they can split more often than, than just Cam Talbot starting? Those are the questions that I'm going to be looking for as right now, 11, six and what's good for first in the Western central teams like Winnipeg though, I feel like are heating up. So that blue line's got a, you know, John Merrill and Jordy Ben just came in for them. He might replace Jared Spurgeon. I don't think that's a viable option, but you know, if it works, it works, but yeah, I don't know. That blue line has got to be crisp, Eric, if, uh, if they want to keep this up, which I don't think it will be. So I expect some uh, steps back, but yeah, good enough right now where I can see Minnesota top three in that division. Okay. Hey, that's fair. Um, I know Minnesota, they've always been a team that's been able to like actually make it like either very close to the playoffs or like in the playoffs, but obviously first round exit, right? That's, Mm -hmm. that's been Minnesota like for the last, what, since they've existed, right? They've always made (laughs) it far, even when they had like Zach Perise, like all those guys and they had a Ryan Suter, Ryan Suter, even like was it Nick Baxter and Nets, like that guy, I remember. Oh yeah. yeah, A long time ago. So like, when they weren't very good, this, yeah, exactly. And with Duke, Nick, and that, right? Yeah, look, they, make first round days. Lose. Yeah. So it's it's always been like that, and I'm starting. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I am starting to see that a bit. But what does what do I, I what I really like about this team is ever since Kaprizov has been added to this team, it's always been upwards, right? Like Capri, the addition of Kaprizov, this team has really changed this franchise completely. Like, well, he is the year, franchise. He is a franchise, right? So. He's brought like whole new momentum, whole new fandom to Minnesota, the wild team, right? Like now people like will actually watch some Minnesota game. Like they want to see Capitals and the team has been uh, performing very well. So it is very surprising. Last year, they almost beat Vegas actually. Almost beat game seven. seven. So, which was very impressive. But the only thing with this team is I don't, other than I see Caprasov like as a staple of. Uh, this team, Kaprasov, Fiala, those are like the young future of this team, right? And then you have Matt Dumba, Jared Spurgeon, but all the other players, and Joel Erickson, I'm, I'll mention. But like all the Zuccarello other players, but like I don't someone see as players, an auto player. Okay, yeah. They're, they're not like players like that will stay here for long, right? No, like, no, no. Like go, go. They're just temporary replacements. So what I'm saying is like, I don't really. I, I just want them to like. I don't know, because like, a lot of teams do that, but like. I don't see a bunch of players like, are they having breakout years or like, is this sustainable for years? You know, like yeah. I understand like you can make the playoffs like you did, but this is, you're not going to win a championship with this team. Like you, I feel like I don't think they should rebuild, but they should do something about like, cause I feel like the franchise would be a bit tired of every first round exit. You make the playoffs first round exit, but Hey, I don't know. It, it is very surprising how good they are right now. Yeah. Uh, being first in their division, I believe. Yeah. Right? So, and uh, obviously it's surprising too that Cam Tell is doing not as well, but their team's doing pretty well. Right. Exactly. But it's all, it's all about like, you can make the playoffs, but what are you going to do against those very good teams? So that's where they're going to have to like start to step it up. And then having Spurgeon injured too is a little tough right now. Yeah. Cause Spurgeon's a big difference maker on that blue line. Definitely their best defenseman, defensively speaking. And that's what they thrive yeah. on. And yeah, like you said, Kaprasov, you know, Kevin Fiala is having a slow start to the season. Yeah. Fans are expecting him to take that next step. And that's, that's the thing I'm worried about offensively on this side is because 
when it's not the top gun scoring, whatever you want to put Zuccarello up there because mm-hmm. he plays top line minutes, they don't get much from their secondary, uh, secondary. Yeah. Um, and it's very nice when they do, but this team is, like I said, defensive first is their mindset. And if that regresses, then this team will regress as well, but it, their goalie should be playing better. I expect this team to be a playoff team and make the playoffs, uh, especially uh, in their division. I could see them cracking the top three. What did I have them? Uh, yeah, I had them fourth. Okay, so I just had okay. them outside. Of the, you know, I had Avalanche, who are going to take step four once all their players come back healthy. Jets, yep. the Blues, and then, you know, I, I could see them jump in the Blues maybe. Maybe the Blues get outside of that top three, yeah. and they got to fight for the wild card. Because right now, the way Minnesota's playing, it's good. Can there be some regression? For sure. Their defense just got to stick to it, which I don't really expect for an 82-game season. Okay. Um, uh yeah let's uh let's go to another team uh that i think has surprised the whole league uh which is the calgary flames obviously calgary flames flame fans have been waiting for this moment i think uh with this team they've been you know last year they thought it was going to be uh the the answer in the north division you know a lot of people had calgary finishing in the top three they're like the, the the competition was going to be a lot less harder. Uh, you know, Sean Monahan, hopefully Johnny Goudreau, we're going to take that next step forward. Unfortunately, that did not happen with the Flames. Their d- defense was uh, very under average. Their forwards did not just they did not step up like uh, many people expected. Sean Monahan to take that next step, he did not, and he isn't really doing it this season so far. What has benefited right the Flames so far and has a lot to do with their early season success is their defense, their top pairing defenseman, most uh, notably. Uh, I know you laugh because, you know, you expected Manjapani's name to be come out, which, yeah, of course, yeah. I, okay. Yes, no, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. I was yes. thinking about, okay. Manjapani has 15 goals already. He's top of the leagues in goal scoring. And yes, that's huge. That's, that's definitely a huge asset right now. Um, but I, I'm looking at the Flames' top line of Noah Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson. Rasmus Anderson, Eric, is having a bounce-back season yep. with the Calgary Flames. Last season, very mediocre. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of question marks going into the season. Was he, is he able to be a top-pairing defenseman? Is he able to play against the best players uh, every night? Right now, he's proven all those people wrong or right, however you looked at it. Yeah. Anderson and Hannafin have been playing top line makes they've been playing excellent and as we know it's very hard to come by a right-handed um top yeah. defenseman in the league for which sure. Rasp Sanderson is trying to prove for the Flames right now so his bounce back Andrew Man- uh, Manjapani's uh yeah. huge season right now has a lot you know right now that's helping them a lot right now uh with the early season success what I'm worried about is the style of hockey they play uh yeah. with their coach Sutter playing Sutter style hockey with the trap, Eric, obviously very boring hockey. Nobody likes to watch it. However, playing that style of hockey, there is opportunity. There's room for slumps playing that style of hockey. We've seen the flame slump hard. We've Mm -hmm. seen their their players slump, their top players slump hard. Mm -hmm. And it's nice that guys like, you know, Kachuk has 17 points through whatever games they play. Goudreau's got 22. Lindholm's got 20. Sean Mayan, like I said, He's slow uh, to start the season. Maybe he's that type of player at this point in his yeah. NHL career. A lot of seasons now have gone by where it's like, is this the season where Monaghan goes back to his 82 game or 82 yeah. point performance? You know, it's been what five years now. People have been saying that. So, yeah, who knows? He's a good two way center for sure. But uh, their top players are cashing in. Their secondary scoring needs to be better though. Uh, once those top players stop scoring, like Andrew Mangiapane, once he takes that step back, once Goudreau takes a step back, yeah. Kachuk, because they're not, you know, they are good players, 
And Gujo, yeah, you could argue is a point per play, a point yeah. per game player. Is Kachuk a point per game player? Sure, maybe he'll be in the seventy something range, sixty something yeah. range. But if those top guys aren't scoring, the secondary is not scoring. Uh, it, it, it's atrocious. You just uh, look at some of the numbers for uh, the statistics, but none of their secondary guys are scoring. Um, you know, Andrew Mangiapane, then it's Milan Lucic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you live. Manjapani should be considered the top guys for sure, but I consider him. I guess some of the not no, I wouldn't say secondary scored, but secondary you option. Calling me out with Manjapani, I still can't believe it. I was literally thinking about that. Yeah, and then you just saw. Well, it's I, easy. It's easy, like you know, the flame success. But I was looking more at their decor because uh, Rasmus Anderson was a big yeah, bounce back for me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Flames right now, can they sustain this? No, Eric, I don't expect the Flames to sustain. I don't, I don't expect them to finish first in their division. Mm-hmm. The Sutter style hockey that they play, uh, I feel like through an 82 game season, no, yeah. uh, this you can't play that style of hockey. I know it with the LA Kings, mm-hmm. but that LA Kings team, if you go look and you compare these two teams, that Kings team was way more offensively yeah. gifted, even while playing the trap. This team, not so much. When your stars aren't performing because they're so focused defensively and stuff like that, um, then there's room for concern because their secondary scoring is nothing compared to the Kings team Sutter coach. So when they're on the top guys aren't scoring, this team's going to regress, and I expect that to happen. So will the teams, be, will the Flames be a playoff team? Hopefully, they better be, man. They better be, or man, you're going to see an off season of change in Calgary because yeah. if they don't make the playoffs, a lot of you know a lot of question marks with Johnny Goudreau, Sean Monahan, and stuff like that. Yeah. Do I expect them to be top three in that division right now? Yeah, yeah. For sure. They're sporting a great record, 11-3-5. So they put themselves in a nice spot. I expect exactly. some, obviously some step back, and it's it's reasonable. 11-3-5, they're not going to continue that pace. So let's yeah. uh, let's expect that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, very similar. Um, I'm probably going to put a bit more emphasis on the goaltending because the goaltending has been very underrated. Obviously, yep. you have Daniel Vladar Vl- Vl- that almost no one knows, right? He yeah. came out of nowhere. But they, they, they've been having goalies like that, right? They have their number one, and, like, you had David Riddick over the years, like, Things like that, they just come out of nowhere, right? So, yeah. this Vladar guy, probably a very good goaltender, but uh, I just just came out of nowhere, right? Nine four six, four wins, and and um, I I guess one yeah. overtime loss. He, I feel like he's one of the most. He's a pure backup. Like yeah. I said, with the league two goalie tandem is switching. Uh, Calgary is still that, you know, one team heavy goalie where Jacob yeah. Markstrom is going to take most of the stars, but Vladar, yeah, he's gonna. I would need to believe more in the Flames if if he starts more because they can't start Jacob Markstrom sixty something okay. seventy you know so. But Jacob Markstrom has we know Jacob Markstrom very good goaltender he's always yeah. been a very underrated goaltender w- w- with Vancouver before right um he was he was very like he's always been he could he could be realistically the best like the number one goaltender on a very good playoff team like a top contending team mm-hmm. like obviously he needs help right but the numbers he's putting up right now oh probably, yeah probably gonna go down a bit. But very, like not crazy. Like he, what, one point seven one and nine point two. Oh yeah, it's seven shutouts. I think the Flames have through twenty games, something like that. Yeah, so, crazy number like that. So it probably will, it'll probably go down to like nine thirty, right? Two around the two. Uh, two yeah, goals it's gonna average. regress. But um, yeah, um, as we we're talking about, don't want to talk too about too much about Manjapani because a lot of people know. Let's be honest, it is a fluke. Not a fluke. Like you don't score Whoa, fifteen goals. Wait a second. You don't that's score 15 a, goals as a fluke. That's but crazy because you call it a fluke, yet people are 
asking for this guy to play for Team Canada up in Beijing. I know, so, I know. I saw, I saw, I saw. Even though I don't but, think he'll crack the squad, I don't think this is a. Yeah. Play. I think Manjapani is just a good player, young player that's uh, ascended. You say that because I've seen Manjapani, like not not in real, but I've I've watched a lot of Calgary games. Like, like the thing with Manjapani is he's all to me. He's always been like a Blake Coleman. Like the you put him on a penalty kill and he'll get like a a shorthanded goal or something. He's always been that type of player. There's a point like. He's he's he is a very good player though. Like I love Magic. I drafted him last year. Like he wasn't that good last year in fantasy, but like this year, like the fact. But you could just see by the number, like fifteen goals and two assists. Like how like does that not say something about the the player? Like I understand the goals. I think he's like, just a goal scorer. He's a pure goal scorer. <laughs> like do you, do you remember what's his name? Was his name Gardner? You know Gardner? Or Gardner? The guy that literally scored like twenty goals, like thirty goals, but like almost knows. Like, he played for the Devils for a bit. I forgot his. I forgot all this guy, but like, I, forgot, I don't even know if that that's the guy's name. But players like that, like you're, those, my, to me, man, Japan you stole a guy that you can put on a penalty kill. Like, I don't realistically in a normal season, 20, 30 goals, but not fifteen goals in nineteen games. One of the top goal scorers in the league, right? Yeah. So, um, I. Hey, I, I don't know what to, to say about this, but I know Goudreau's, what he's able to do is sustainable. Pretty much it. Lindholm, he's shown like he, Lindholm has, has been very consistent. Matthew Kuchuk, as you said, 70 points around. Monaghan, fantasy bust, as always. Like, this, I, I think he's going to start picking up. Just, I, I just want to see him like in the 50, 60 point region, like not in like this guy's. But what, what's been very impressive for me is the thing with Noah Hannafin, right? This guy went fifth overall in 2015. I Something like that. Fifth Fourth overall. Or fifth, yeah. And then a lot of people did count him out um, he, when he was traded for Dougie Hamilton. And it was Elias Lindholm, Lindholm. Noah Hannafin, or uh, Dougie Hamilton, and uh, what's it, Furland or something. Yeah. So in that trade, Noah Hannafin was, was like, like, no one talked about Noah Hannafin. It was uh, Elias Lindholm. But I remember seeing that. I was like, oh, my God, Noah Hannafin. He, at that point, he's, he's still a very young player. And like he showed a lot of potential. He's, he was a top pick. So – I'm happy that now, now that Jordano left and like TJ Brody left a while ago, right? He's able to step up and be on that top pairing. Rasmus Anderson has always been able to show that, like, like obviously he's always been a twenty point. Not guy. last like, season. Last not season. Not last season. Yeah, yeah, he has a step back. But this year, definitely taking that step up, taking over um, on on that number one, um, number number one, a deep 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 pairing. But. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What scares me the most is you mentioned Markstrom and stuff like that. If Markstrom, like, if they use him too much or he runs out of gas in yeah. the end of the season, or if he, even yeah. if he gets injured, it's injured, yeah, this team is in trouble. Very, very much trouble. Because yeah. we've seen last year, I remember watching Markstrom was out of gas near the, uh, well, by that time, Calgary was still fighting for a playoff. But he did run out of gas at one point. So Flames are going to yeah. have to trust Vladar here and play him more games, yeah. which we'll see how that, what that does. He's been playing, like you said, he's been playing really well with the games he's been given. So it's that question because they can't play, even though I want him to play because I got him in fantasy, they can't play Jacob Markstrom 60 something, 70 something games, you know, or, uh, you know, Vladar has to at least play 20 uh, games, in my opinion. And that's, uh, that's, uh, but yeah, this team so far, good, great start. I could see regression though um, from their top guys if they don't pull it together and their secondary scoring doesn't step up, they're going to go back to the original Thames. You'll see. With this Sutter yeah. style trap of hockey, trap all. Oh, anyway, sure. let's go to the last team here. It's got to be a no-brainer. Uh, 
<laughs> the Montreal Canadiens, Eric, sport a record of, was it five wins? I think it is five wins, five, 13 and two. That is good for 29th in the league. The Montreal Canadiens, as we know, Eric, uh, big off season of changes. Shea Weber, you lose. Carey Price, you lose to knee surgery. And then you find out uh, he's dealing with substance abuse, so he can't play or mental health. And uh, Philip Deneau, you lose, who was uh, one of the most underrated two-way forwards in the league or defensively centers-wise uh, in the league. And so you, you bring in Dvorak, you lose Kakanyam, you got to bring in a center, you bring in Dvorak. He hasn't really transitioned well into the Montreal system or just nobody has in general. There's special teams with Burroughs last year. It was god-awful. Then into playoffs, Montreal, you know, they just jump on this this train, Eric, and they kept going. They're one of the best power play in the playoffs. Oh, my God. Alex Burroughs is a genius. And I told you at the end of the season when we made that video, I said, watch Burroughs. Next season, we're going to run into the same problem, power play problems. They're going to give them a chance because they want to have the full training camp, whatever. And look what's happened. We got one of the worst power plays in the league, one of the worst penalty kills in the league. Um, so Burles is not it. That He's just not it. And for the love of God, can they please find a guy who has a track record with a power play success? Because I'm tired of just throwing French people that just, you know, because that's realistic. What it, Burles has no prior NHL coach. Well, he did with uh, was, um, assistant Laval. coach in Laval. Sure. Yeah. But then to just bring him up into the big leagues with the Montreal Canadiens, the big leagues, and throw him in charge of the power play. Like, you, you have no track record. Sure, it's looked good over the past few years. They're not scoring. Just, why is it just now they've realized how to enter the zone with the puck? Something they struggled with uh, all of last season. Anyway, special teams has been atrocious. Their goaltending issues, uh, no price. Like I said, Jake Allen, Montebol. Jake Allen has been great, but with the way the team's been playing in front of him, He's let in some uh, some bad goals. Uh, they just can't close out games. And just too many uh, defensive breakdowns, in my opinion. Montreal was built last year on the top four, Shea Weber, Edmondson, Ben Sherratt, uh, and Jeff Petrie. And right now, Joe Edmondson's not back with the team. He hasn't played a game yet. Ben Sherratt, who, who's scoring goals, uh, even at times he's had some defensive breakdowns. Jeff Petrie some, at times looks like a defensive liability. He's having his worst offensive start as a Montreal Canadian in his career. Um, and Shea Weber will no longer play hockey, it seems like. So they lost their identity. Uh, they lost what you know intimidated teams the most, which is their big heavy D. They lost that. And Montreal's always had a streaky forwards, as we know. They've always, they've always been a streaky team, that forward group. And you know if you expect a change in the following season, then... You know, why would you? The reason they surprised me is because I knew they were going to have a tough start to the season in Montreal. Did I think it was going to be this bad? No. Did I think that, you know, a lot of bad teams who are playing better than them right now, did I expect that? No. You know, I expected them to be a much better lease, uh, you know, outside of the playoffs. Sure. Fighting, looking in, maybe that's what I saw. But clearly I thought, uh, didn't think, uh, didn't really look in uh, this team in the face that much. And, uh, it's really hitting now where the season could potentially most likely be over already in the month of November uh, with this Atlantic division. So now as Habs fans were in that position, that transition period where, you know, you want the team to lose in a way, but you still kind of want them to win some games because it's a hockey game and you'd like them to win. But deep down, deep down, this is over. This team, bear in mind, they've had eight game losing streaks now routinely every year. When's their next eight game losing streak going to be, you know, they got to play 600-something hockey to make the playoffs. 600-something. Montreal's never been a 600-hockey team. No matter, even last year, they were a 500-hockey team. They had a hot start, and then they were 500 the rest of the way. 
Same thing last year. Same thing when they played the New York Rangers in the first round when they won that Atlantic, Atlantic division. That division was so bad. Montreal started off hot, then they were just 500 cruising, and they won the division, and they lost to the Rangers first round. This is a team that has a lot of streaky guys. Um, and their defense, which is what they've been known for last year, especially that identity built, is now crumbling, completely crumbling. And yeah, the Montreal Canadiens, unfortunate that they went through this whole offseason overall, and it's really hurt them really bad, really, really bad. Players are just not stepping up. So it's basically the bottom line you can say about the Canadians. That's fair. It, it, it's, it's tough for this team, right? Because um, I know, like, obviously a lot of Montreal fans, they like to watch every single month, like every yeah, game, like, like yeah, like you, right? Watch every single game for the last what ten years or something, like over. And it's it that's how that's how sports and hockey is in general. Like even when they play bad, and there's like that tanking period. Like, do you want to win or do you want to lose? And like, it, yeah. it kind of makes it less fun to watch. But yeah, you still have to continue watching this this team. Like, like even at the worst, right? Just so when you're at the top, it makes it even feel better. So. It is kind of tough because, like, obviously they're not making the playoffs. So do you tank, but you got to sell ticket. Like, there's so much going on. And you still want to create well, a winning culture. Well, they're not selling out the Bell Center, that's for sure. They're not yeah, selling the Bell Center out. That's fair. But you still want to create a winning culture. That's yes. the problem I think Detroit had for a while is we just kept tanking, tank. Like, just there wasn't really a winning culture. And, like, it was tough. It's going to take probably, like, a couple, like, you have to create a culture where, like, you're used to winning and people are used to winning and they want to win games, you know, not just like they're, you can't create a culture where people, players are fine with losing. So it's, it's weird. Cause unless Carey Price comes back, nothing crazy will happen with his team. Right. So even if Carey Price comes won't. back, this guy's got to be Vesna exactly. <laughs> caliber, like 2014. Uh, yeah. Four, four fucking. And I will say this: a lot of people, I'm um, reading a lot of Habs fans, you know, commit to the rebuild, commit to the rebuild. You can't commit to a rebuild as long as you have Carey Price on your payroll. It's exactly. impossible. It's impossible. You, you, first of all, nobody's going to trade for a contract ten and a half million. You're not going to eat up salary, right? You're going to have to wait for this guy's contract to 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 play out, basically. And how are you going to commit to a rebuild when you have you're paying a guy ten and a half million dollars a year? The only thing I can see happening is, like right now, they're going to get a good draft pick, right? Bear in mind, you know what happens near the end of the season if they put on a little run. Hopefully not, because they tend to do that, get a little streaky, and then they're in the middle of the pack at the end of the season. Bear in mind, if they get a top five draft pick, you know, that definitely advances your rebuild. But, you know, Ben Sherrod's most likely going to leave the team. And then you got to fill that void. And just so many question marks going into the next season. What, you know, we're going to see halfway how this team is, but just a lot of question marks. What, did, what, you know, Bergeron, Bergevin leaving, you know, what direction does the new GM head, head in with? So I just think with carried prices on your payroll, it's just, you don't, I don't know. I just find it very impossible. It's so hard to commit to a rebuild with 10 and a half to a goaltender. It just eats up basically, you know, nine something. I don't know math, but 10% we'll say of your salary cap, some crazy, yeah. something like that of $80 million. So it's probably like, what, eight, 9%. I don't know the exact number, but you can't have a guy eat up that much cap and then say, let's commit to a rebuild. And winning culture yes i believe that so add some pieces that you know will add to winning yeah. culture don't just totally blow it up yeah. and call up the ahl squad no you can't do that you know you, you still need young guys like caulfield imagine him in a losing culture cool coffee this kid still hasn't figured it out yet in the mm -hmm. nhl you know we thought 
everyone thought this guy was going to be rookie of the year and everyone had these crazy expectations. Well, that's just hockey. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes you have a sophomore slump. Sometimes it's not what you expected it to be. And people are freaking out about it. You don't want a guy like Cole Caulfield developing on a losing culture. I know that's how a lot of young players do in a lot of, sh- yeah. you know, bad teams. And like you mentioned yeah. Detroit and stuff like that, but yeah. I don't want that. I want the guy to be yeah, able to score exactly. goals. I want some, some pieces that are going to try and help this team win. It's just uh, tough right now in the Atlantic, especially with the teams, you know, who knows, but I would, I'm always going to go for it with Carey Price because you never know when you make it into the playoffs. Proved it last year. You never know what's going to happen with Carey Price, playoff Carey Price on your team. You just got to exactly. make it to the playoffs. So yeah, Habs definitely surprised me because that's definitely not the, sh- the outcome or start that I expected is real bad, real bad for them. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's so weird because if you look in like, four or five years, who can you see on this team that would still like be on the, like who is, stay, who's still on the team? Like, obviously, yeah. Who, well, Suzuki, like the, the building Suzuki, right? Paling maybe. Hey, well, yeah. If he's taking Cole the steps for Cole Caulfield. Right? But even Roman then, it, like price might still be on the team in four to five years. Well, I don't know what his contract is, how many years left exactly. I forget what it was. 2015. So it's like, you should have still five seasons or something like on his contract. Mm-hmm. Jeff Petrie signed six years. Like, is that a guy in four or, you know, you're not going to trade him now when his value is super low. And I don't expect him to trade. He's one of the best puck moving defensemen in the league. I'm not going to or underrate it at, at the least. That's not some guy I'm looking to trade. So you still have pieces here to contend for five, whatever years. It's just, you know, the other pieces that you need to go out and get, you know, that are going to add to this team. It's just, yeah. And it, coaching staff, because like I know the, they care more about their image, but Dom Ducharme, like I really thought this guy. Would be he. I expected him to be a good coach, and now he is. I expected him, I don't know, to figure out a system or something or or, or, or get these players playing the, the way they wanted when he took over. And now, with going into the next season, I thought that he can implement that. It just hasn't. It didn't look good when he took over because they played 500 the rest of the way. But I thought maybe, oh, yeah, okay, he'll get them going. I expected some drawback, obviously, from the players they lost, but he has completely just not figured out. He's looked out coached every night against other uh, NHL coaches. So that's the question too. Like you don't want to fire this guy and have two coaches you're paying with Claude. I don't know when his contract is, but you don't have two coaches on payroll. You're paying one, you're paying your third coach. So they care more about them and they're not going to fire him. He's not going to get fired this season. That's next season's question. So he's going to be here for the long run. Well, as, uh, at least this, this season. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, that's some of the list, uh, some honorable mentions, uh, honorable mentions, uh, the blue, the blue jackets, Eric, I was going to mention, yep. uh, Brad Larson taking a slow approach with that team. He's not switching the lines up like Torella did a lot. And he's letting their team build chemistry. Their power play got a little better than last year, a little 0.5 or 5% better. So, uh, distraction free zone two line has got injured, not much talk. So that nine and six, nine and six record surprised me for a team like uh, the blue jackets. I thought they were yep. just going to be below 500 at this point for sure so that's okay. uh it's been another episode of the stupid zang show episode 47 uh we want to thank you for listening or tuning into youtube thank if you. you watched it with uh with us here and uh we'll be back uh, in the next episode so uh we'll see you on- until then peace <gasps> roll the outro